Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor. But I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hey, everybody. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with a special edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is July 1st. I'm talking to you from a hotel room in Newark. To be honest, I hadn't planned on doing a podcast today. I was going to wait and do one from last night's game at Red Bulls and Sunday's game at NYCFC on Tuesday after the holiday weekend. But last night's game and defeat were so excruciating for the team. And y'all sent some really good questions, so I figured I would go ahead and tape a podcast. It's going to sound a little bit different because I'm doing this from my phone and not from a microphone. Um, because, again, I hadn't planned on doing this. So, to sum up last night, Atlanta United was beaten 2-1 to one by Red Bulls at Red Bull Arena in a loss that manager Gonzalo Pineda described as heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking because Atlanta United controlled the game. It took a lead in the 75th minute from Joseph Martinez. And then in a span of six minutes, it allowed Red Bulls to tie the game. And then it gave up the winning goal. Both happened because of individual mistakes made by Atlanta United's players, which has become a theme for this season. And not just the mistakes are the theme, but the fact these mistakes get punished almost every time is the theme of the season. And it's what happened again last night. Atlanta United controlled this game. I don't want to say they dominated the game, but Pineda got the tactics, the formation, a switch from playing two center backs to three, the insertion of a Mercedes in the midfield, using Luis Arrujo and Ronaldo Cisneros as dual strikers up top. He got everything spot on. The Red Bulls stopped really trying to press after about 10 minutes once they figured out that Atlanta United was able to play through their lines, was switching the field over and exposing uh, numerical advantages on the other side of the, of the formation. Red Bulls only had one shot on goal through 80 minutes, and that was a very, very weak header that Rios Novo was able to easily save near the end of the first half. Atlanta United had several good chances to score before Joseph Martinez finally put one, toe-poked one in off some good work by uh, Emerson Hyman and Aiden McFadden. So that's why this loss is particularly galling for Atlanta United. It finally scored at Red Bull Arena for the first time in seven regular season games. 
It looked like it was finally going to win at Red Bull Arena for the first time in seven games. And then Caleb Wiley made a, a challenge in the penalty box that he didn't need to make, forced the referee to make a decision, and, and the referee decided penalty kick. Lewis Morgan put it down the middle to tie the game at one in the 83rd minute. And then Alan Franco made a pass across the field to Alex DeJean, who I don't know if he was waiting on the ball or, or what he was doing, but he allowed uh, Goma to get there first and led to a one-on-one with Rios Novo, and he put it in the near corner in the 89th minute for a two-to-one win. It, it, there was frustration at the end of the game. Luis Arjujo pushed a Red Bulls player because they were wasting time on a throw-in. Coffee sip. It was a deflating defeat for Atlanta United. It's a, it's unfortunately the kind of defeat that just keeps happening this season. I don't know if it's because it's a young team. I don't know if it's because it's an inexperienced team. I don't know if it's because I still think it lacks a, a real leader on the field, a vocal leader, I should say. Um, we'll see if Parata can be that guy when he's eligible to come on uh, after July 7th. But it just keeps happening. So let's go through some of the stats from the game. Atlanta United dominated possession 58.3%. Did not win expected goals. Red Bulls had 1.83 to Atlanta United's 1.28. Red Bulls with 16 shots, but only three on target. Atlanta United with an eight and four. Uh, Red Bulls with seven corners to two for Atlanta United. No set-piece goals allowed for the second consecutive game for Atlanta United, I think. So that's a good sign. Three yellow cards to three yellow cards. And Atlanta did commit more fouls, 13 to seven in this one. Um, Franco Ibarra picked up a yellow card, so he's going to miss the NYCFC game on Sunday at Yankee Stadium. Your team leaders for Atlanta United are Ahujo, led in shots with three. A bunch of people tied with shots on target with one. Aiden McFadden led with three chances created. He played it. He had a good game. Campbell led with completed passes, 62. I thought he had a good game. Some of y'all were down on him on Twitter. I thought he had a fine game. Luis Arahujo with four crosses attempted. Luis Arahujo with six dribbles completed. He was a man on fire last night. When he gets ahead of steam, he is something to, to watch. Abara led with four dribbles completed and Rios Novo with 14 recoveries as he was basically almost a fourth center back last night. Um, Emerson Hyman led the team with 0.64 expected goals. That came from that goal scored by Joseph Martinez. Um, anyway, it's just, it's a tough, tough loss for Atlanta United, which is now five points behind New England for seventh place in the East. And it has quite a few teams between it and New England, Charlotte, Columbus, Miami. It's only one point ahead of Toronto, only two ahead of Chicago. It's got a lot of work to do. And its next five games, Atlanta United's come against teams that are above the playoff line in the Eastern or Western Conference. So it's not going to get any easier for the five stripes. All right, we're going to go to a break. And when we come back, I'm going to get into a lot of questions from y'all. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. 
This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Doug Robertson. You can find me on Twitter at D Robertson. Uh, I'm sorry, at Doug Robertson at AJC, or on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution keeps you informed on the news that matters to you, and now for a limited time, you can get six months of unlimited digital access to the AJC for just 99 cents. That includes all of our Atlanta United coverage, plus sports, politics, investigations, breaking news, dining, and more for less than a buck. It's our best offer of the year for the best journalism in Atlanta. Go to subscribe.ajc.com podcast to get unlimited digital access for the next six months for just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com podcast so you always know what's really going on. All right, so let's get into your questions, and, and there's quite a few. Um, a lot of you ask multiple-part questions. And this is from T, and this is a long one, so I'm going to go through the whole thing. The last time I wrote you, I expressed some frustrations with Arahujo being a one-dimensional player when it came to favoring his left foot. I was wrong. He has proven to be a dynamic, threatening, and quite frankly, he's been our best player this far this season. In 2017 and 18, I think the front office caught lightning in a bottle. With Tata's direction, they brought in a lot of good young South American talent, and they mixed it with the right veterans like Michael Parkhurst and Jeff Lorowitz. I think that early success has made them stubborn. We are too quick to sign young, unproven players that just can't contribute. Manuel Castro and Eric Lopez come to mind. I watch a lot of MLS, and I see other teams who are winning consistently just have a lot more veteran players. I would rather have an older, more experienced roster that competes and wins, but I don't think this will happen anytime soon. I have a little bit of hope for this season. If Parata can come in and help shore up that back line, and with Almeida back, maybe we could find some consistency. Finally, I agree with you. I have seen nothing from this team that tells me they will turn it around. They are too inconsistent and continue to give points away. I'm afraid if we do make the playoffs, it will be seventh or sixth spot, and it will be a one and done. So, yeah, I think Araujo has probably been the team's most dynamic player. I think you could argue statistically Almeida and Moreno have been the better players, but Araujo is just a different class. Uh, when he gets going, I mean, like last night, he made that run at Aaron Long near the end of the first half and put him on his backside. I think his shot got deflected or he would have scored. But once he gets ahead of steam, he has something to watch. I do agree with you. I think that the team needs some more MLS veterans. Uh, particularly in the starting lineup. That's why they signed Ozzy Alonso, who unfortunately suffered that season-ending ACL injury. Um, so it's not like the front office isn't trying to sign these guys. This year it's just been bad luck uh, to lose so many of them. Brad Guzan, Ozzy Alonso, Miles Robinson is now an MLS veteran, for example. Um, I, I'm curious to see what Parata can do and, and Godinho when they come in. I think Rios Novo has been fine and goal, particularly with this distribution. So we'll see if, if Godinho can beat him for a starting spot. And, yeah, right now there's just no evidence that this team can play consistently well for 90 minutes. So on to your question. With the rash of injuries we've endured this season, do you think the fan base will see this as the reason for our poor struggles, or do you think this will shine a spotlight on how this roster has been constructed over the last several years? Considering the amount of money that has been invested, I for one believe that we should be at least middle of the table. I think it's really, really hard because of the injuries. 19 players have missed games because of injuries this season uh, or, or just time because of injuries this season. That And it's only a 30-man roster. There's only so much that Pineda can do when he can't keep putting the same lineup out on the field. Um, so, you know, if this team makes the playoffs, I think it's a credit to Pineda 
I don't think y'all should be too down on him. Um, you know, I, I think he got out coached by Bob Brawley in the Toronto game, but I think he did a, a very good job last night against Red Bulls, and I'm curious to see what he does on Sunday with NYCFC. Adam says, if you haven't mentioned it already in your recap, why did Pineda not make subs earlier in the match? The defense was clearly flagging, and Wiley was struggling against Lukinius. I know the bench is thin, but especially after taking a lead with Red Bulls in the ascendancy, you have to be prepared for the waves of attack to come. I wasn't expecting a win coming into the match, but I really feel Pineda let his defense out on a limb tonight after what had been 80 minutes of resilient football. Well, there was only two guys that he could really put in. Uh, Mikey Ambrose, who he doesn't, I don't think, really rates based upon his lack of playing time, and Machop Chol, who's barely played this year. Those are the only healthy defenders left on the bench. And frankly, the team had control of the game. Uh, it had control of the game until Wiley's, uh, you know, rash slide tackle. So I don't really blame him for not putting in more defenders. There weren't really any left to put in. The three healthy center backs he had were the ones that were on the field. You, if you're going to trust Ambrose and Chol in that situation, that's that's a pretty big ask, I think. McFadden and Wiley were doing fine. And then Adam continues, does the team play the same general defensive approach against NYCFC, or do they try to be more aggressive knowing Almeida is back? No, I think you're going to see pretty much exactly the same. I think you'll see the wingbacks go higher up the field, almost like a 3-3-2 or a, yeah, like a three-three-two kind of a thing uh, because of the small field at Yankee Stadium. Um, the wingbacks being the, the second and third midfielders in that second bank. Um, Noah says, in all honesty, the season is over, correct? I would love your true, honest opinion. There's just no way around this, and I think it may be time to look at Pineda and whether or not he is the best option for this franchise that has failed now for consecutive years. No, I don't think the season is over. I mean, if Atlanta United can get on a winning streak, it's right back in the playoff hunt, but it's got to do it against a really tough slate of teams that includes Austin, Columbus, LA, I mean, uh, Austin, uh, Orlando, LA Galaxy, among others, Real Salt Lake, and this next stretch. It can't keep dropping points. It's got to get, it's got to win the rest of its home games, basically, uh, and start earning some draws on the road. But I don't think the season is over. They're still within striking distance of a playoff spot. And I, I don't think you can blame Pineda, as I said earlier. Too many injuries. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to manage a team when week to week you got to keep changing out your lineup. And the last question comes from Lush, who says, this Atlanta United team seems to be lacking the killer instinct to finish off a game. They seem to lose focus on the game plan when they're put under pressure. Who do you think should be mainly accountable for that, and how do you fix it? Frankly, I think it's just a sign of the team's inexperience and youth. Um, last night, you know, you had a 20-year-old goalkeeper, a 21-year-old center back, a 25-year-old center back, a 22-year-old fullback, and a 17-year-old fullback. You had a 20-year-old defensive midfielder. Um, it's just a young team. And as Pineda said last night, you know, once you get 100 starts or 100 appearances, then you could kind of consider yourself a, a, a first-level team player, I think is what his quote was. And some of these guys just aren't there yet. They're going to get there eventually, and you can see they've got talent, and you can see they're going to be good. But right now, you just got to take the lumps. And unfortunately, Atlanta United is having to take a lot of lumps right now. 
All right, we're going to wrap up the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. As always, hug your loved ones, communicate with your loved ones, and y'all take care. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Constitution.